Good morning, Sleepy Town. I'm Bo Bartlett. I'm Juliana Money. And you're listening to The Art House. Art House Radio. Coming to you from way down, way down in beautiful downtown Columbus, Georgia. 88.5 WCUG. Also heard on OM Radio, 96.3, in lovely Charleston, South Carolina. Thanks for joining us this morning on the radio. We're so happy you're here with us. We have a wonderful guest with us this morning, Juliana Mani. Juliana, like banana. Juliana, welcome. Thanks, Bo. Thanks for having me. So glad you're here with us on the radio this morning. We're going to hear some of your music this morning, and we're going to hear some of your DJing, some of your selections of music that you like and has influenced you. Sounds fabulous. So glad you're here. Thanks. We're going to start off. We do have a word of the day today, and we have a quote of the day today. Tell me. Okay, you ready? The word of the day, I think you'll like this one, mm. stupefy. Oh, <laughs> stupefy. One of Harry Potter's favorite spells. <clears throat> so Show Irakawa would probably know right what this is, but the show our engineer and producer extraordinaire, but I'll tell you. <laughs> stupefy means to make someone unable to think or feel properly, hmm. to stun or to daze, to astonish or to shock. To stupefy. It's a verb. Quote of the day. Oh, I love this quote of the day. Quote of the day today comes from Gloria Steinem. Mm. Gloria Steinem. Women need men like fish need a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> Women need men like fish need a bicycle. Gloria Steinem. Okay, Gloria. Yeah. Tell us all about it. We're looking forward to hearing your music. Juliana, can I call you Jules? Yes, please. Okay, great. Looking forward to hearing your music this morning. We're going to start off with a song which you are originally from Columbus, Georgia, or you spent time here? Oh, I'm from here, baby. From Born and raised. Right here in Columbus, Georgia. Beautiful Magnolia, Georgia. You're right Mm. here. And we're going to hear a song about the Chattahoochee Valley, and it's a lovely song, which I I heard a few years ago Mm. um, when you performed at Sylvan Guitars, and it's called... Spring in the Valley? That's right. Spring in the Valley by Juliana Money. Every spring I pull back home By the memory sunk in my bones And it's some kind of comfort I find there The air speaks to me all the secrets in humidity Every bit of me Is in those layers And in that space I sing Cause my heart holds on to things That dig into me And give me away Soul rides on the air. 
guest Juliana Money. Juliana, welcome. Thank you, Bo. Tell us a little bit about that song, if you could, first, before we get going. That song is a pretty special song to me. I wrote it here on my mom's front porch. I want to say it was around the start of the pandemic, or maybe before a little bit. Um, it's a song I had been trying to write for a while, but every time I started it, never quite just melded together, Mm -hmm. but this time it finally did, about this kind of bittersweet feeling of springtime and all the nostalgia you feel and coming home and feeling displaced, feeling at home but missing the place I lived then and that kind of push and pull between those things and just the bittersweet memories of being home. Yeah, I I absolutely love that song. I think it's the most gorgeous song. Thank you, Bo. Yeah, thanks. And um, I want to say that, you know, it, it, it... brings in the history of Columbus as well with Carson McCullough's and the artist yes. and Lonely Hunter. Mm-hmm. So I, I love it when songs can have that kind of layered uh, foundation on which to build and um, the history. And that, you know, it brings up all the complexities of home. It really does capture a real spirit of this place, the Chattahoochee Valley. I think that it, it um, there is that nostalgia, but at the same time, and bittersweet's a great word for it. There's this sense of longing in your voice, uh, sort of of time past and mm, just the complexity of the place is all wound up in there. Yeah, it is a lot about the ephemeral nature of, of life. And, and I, I think a lot of the songs that I write honestly go back to that, grappling with time, mm-hmm. because it's just so hard to feel the fullness of a feeling in a moment and know that that's gone or feel the fullness of a feeling that you felt 15 years ago but it's past like that's so bizarre and I I don't think I'll ever get over how strange that part of the human experience is yeah there's an ache in it you know yes it's a very aching song for sure Um, tell us a little bit about how you got started you're from Columbus so tell us a little bit about that early early part early childhood oh yeah sure Um, I've been singing forever I guess I remember my mom pointing out very excitedly that I was harmonizing with some, we were singing carols in the back of our friend's truck around Christmas time, I think, and I was probably four or five. And my mom was like, "Oh my God, she's harmonizing!" And that's, and me and my siblings would always sing together, and my mom. And then as I got older, you know, I would sing in chorus. I was a big chorus nerd, CHS baby. <laughs> nice. And um, 
my mom would play a little bit of guitar. Like music was a huge part of our home life and our upbringing. So they they had instruments around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we ha- we always had a piano too. And um, my brother and sister both play piano and guitar really well. My sister's a really beautiful pianist, and my brother's really great at guitar. They're both much better instrumentalists than I am. And they and they understand that as an artist, my brother and sister were much better artists than I was. <laughs> as a kid. But they do play on some of your uh, records, don't they? I mean, are they, when I saw you live, they were around your sister and your brother were both at that concert. Yes. Yes. We got to play together, which was beautiful. That was really, really special for me. Yeah. Um, I haven't been able to have them on my records thus far, just because the logistics, this record, the last record I put out in the Valley, I recorded it in Atlanta. Okay. Um, and it didn't work out to have them play, but I'm hoping on some future stuff that I can bring them in. So In the Valley is the title of that first release? That's right, yeah. So and it is in, in... We can find it everywhere? Oh, yes. Apple Music. It's yeah. out there. Spotify. Apple Music, all the, all the, all the streaming stuff. Okay, great. Great. So, um, well, I did notice a special kind of... Uh, camaraderie is not the right word. Connection, uh, vibe, when, when your brother and sister came with you onto the stage so do y'all practice much together um not as much as i i wish we could i mean i don't live here now so whenever i come home though we love to kind of you know get the guitar out sing around the fire play a lot of the old standards like you know i mean when we were teenagers it was always like radiohead um like death cab for cutie we would always sing i'll follow you into the dark so yeah, that's I mean that's a bond that's been there for years, and it's a very very special thing. It's one of my favorite things is to get to play with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've I've asked you to DJ a little bit today to play some of the things that you like or influenced you or inspired you. So, um, you want to uh, choose something to get us started here for a, for our first uh, DJ round? Yeah, that sounds great. I think for me. I think a good first pick would be Towns Van Zant, Waiting Around to Die. That's a real good, like, original inspiration for me, like going all the way down to the roots. Perfect. Love it. Tom Van Zant. Sometimes I don't know where this dirty road is taking me. Sometimes I don't even know the reason why But I guess I keep a gambling Lots of booze and lots of rambling Well, it's easier than just a waiting around to die All one time, friends, I had them all Even had a paw Well, he beat her with a bell once, cause she cried She told him to take care of me, headed down to Tennessee Well, it's easier than just a waiting around to die I came age and I found a girl in a Tuscaloosa bar Oh, she cleaned me out and hit it on the slide Well, I tried to kill the pain I bought some wine and hopped a train 
seemed easier than just a waiting around to die. Then a friend said he knew where some easy money was. We robbed a man and brother, did we fly? But the posse caught up with me and drug me back to Muskogee. And it's two long years of waiting around to die. Oh, but now I'm out of prison. I got me a friend at last. He don't drink or steal or cheat or lie. Oh, his name's Codeine. He's the nicest thing I've seen. Well, together we're gonna wait around and die. Yeah, together we're gonna wait around and die. So that was Towns Van Zant waiting around to die. That's one of my favorite singer-songwriter songs or country songs. I mean, he was really a rambling, just troubadour through and through, very troubled life. Um, died with very little, but he, that song kind of goes back to the time thing we were talking about Mm -hmm. of, he's talking about just trying to, to sit with time passing and all the time you have ahead of you, you know, sometimes it can seem unbearable, like God, like all this time I have to get through. There's, there's such a longing in that song and it's so, it's so incredibly layered and deep, but really... He says a lot of profound things very simply with it, which mm. I think is hard to do. Yeah, incredible. What What's your inspiration? What What is your um, motivation when you start to write? Or, I mean, I think you, I read somewhere where you were a poet or wanted to be a poet first, or maybe you still are a poet in ways. But um, do you start with the words? Do you start with the tune? Or what is the impetus for when you, when a song starts to strike for you? When it starts to strike, that's a good <laughs> phrase for it, actually. Um, yeah, I did. I did write poetry from the time I was probably fourteen or fifteen, I think, um, and I still do. That feels like a different medium to me now. It has its own kind of rhythm. Um, but now, actually, one of my favorite explanations of this too is a Robert Frost quote, where he's talking about a poem feels like uh, a homesickness, feels like a lump in the throat. That's how it feels a lot for me, a song. It feels like something's welling up in me mm-hmm. that feels like ineffable in a way. But if I can meditate on it long enough, like the the words will come to me. But I usually will start to play on guitar until I can find, or piano sometimes, but usually guitar, until I can find the riff, the right riff that feels melodically really aligns with what I'm feeling. And then the words will come pretty naturally after that. So the words would come after you're um, trying to get the musical feeling down. Yeah, yeah. I have to get the chord. I have to get a chord progression that feels like it's really speaking what I'm trying to say already. That feels really like vibrationally aligned, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think about as you know when I'm painting, when mm-hmm. I'm making a painting, I. Um, you know, have the idea and I'll do a little thumbnail sketch and then I'll 
maybe get people to pose and I'll do some drawings and I'll take some photos. You know, it's a process. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and when then do I, you know you have the idea? <clears throat> when is it like set? Pretty early on. The idea is like the kernel of the thing. Mm -hmm. So the idea is like, it could be a title. It could just be a visual, mm -hmm. like a mise-en-scene of a film, like just a static shot of something I see, mm -hmm. you know, might be the example I use, I might be driving a car and like see some guy riding by on a bicycle or something. Mm -hmm. and just be like, oh my gosh, yeah, like I, I need to paint that. It just gets stuck in your head kind yeah, of. Yeah, and so they'll mm. do a little thumbnail sketch of it in the car. and or, you know, Sometimes it's a dream at night. I'll wake up from a dream and do a little thumbnail sketch. Mm -hmm. but I have this idea, a visual idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every now and then I'll have a word or title that comes with it right away, but sometimes not. Anyway, so then, um, but when I'm working, once I start painting, it's a long process of painting. It takes months mm. to do the painting wow and i work on it and work on it and work on it until usually almost always till it feels like home mm. till it feels like whatever that feeling for me is mm -hmm. which for me is like you know being in my backyard as a kid sort of looking at the grasses you know mm -hmm. in the field behind the backyard with alabama in the distance you know the sun mm. setting but i work on this work on it until it feels in my self in my heart like home mm -hmm, in your body yeah so it's like you're seeking home in a way in that's a way. what the whole process is for you yeah till you get to that place and you can just live in it mm. and you can be anywhere mm -hmm. at any time mm. yeah i think it's it's more like an exorcism for me in a way oh interesting <laughs> not yeah. to be too violent mm -hmm. but it, it does feel like something's welling up in me that's this like breadth of feeling that can be beautiful, but it also needs to be expelled in a way, like it's an excess. Mm. And so when I've gotten the thing out of me, I usually know that I'm done because I feel a sense of relief mm -hmm. and release. I'm like, oh, I'm empty, finally. Wow. So is that, <laughs> um, is that related to the home feeling? I think the home feeling is what keeps me coming back again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. to try to write is that that bittersweetness that like push and pull the ebb and flow of like yeah. when i'm here i miss where i've built my life but when i'm where i've built my life i miss here that's always like a tension that i think keeps things just flowing out of it and so i need to like release and expel that tension just continuously fabulous well i think it's a good time to hear another song of yours Okay, great. <laughs> um, I'm Bo Bartlett. You're listening to The Art House, 88.5 WCUG and OM Radio, 96.3 in Charleston, South Carolina. We're with our guest, Juliana Money, and let's hear another selection. Let's hear Bound by Juliana Money. It could be or how 
guest here today on The Art House. Juliana, your voice is so expressive. Thank you. It's really, um, you know, coming from a deep place. Can you talk a little bit about what that process is and where that voice comes from? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I guess it's just a way to release some of that tension again like we were talking about you know it's like a somatic release for me i think um performing or playing or recording i mean playing live is my favorite thing for sure yeah um there's something about that that just really brings me to a a very deep essential place within myself whereas this you know well of feeling and you know pain um Mm -hmm. just in terms of you know i'm a very sensitive person a very sensitive creature Mm -hmm. and i i really take things in a lot more than other people i've learned Mm -hmm. and i've learned to to be able to live i need kind of a lot of release so i you know when i sing i can really just let a lot of this stuff out Mm -hmm. you know everything i'm taking in by being such a sensitive antenna if you will yeah, I think as artists, we are naturally, you know, extremely empathetic. Um, I don't know why that comes with it hand in hand, but it does. Well, I think it's one of those things where perhaps being the empath leads you to artistry as a as a way of, of making sense of how deeply you're feeling things, as a way of making sense of a world that is so complex and difficult that sometimes it feels like other people aren't paying attention to as much or don't seem to feel things in that same way. Yeah. It's hard to compare and contrast because we don't know how other people are feeling. That's true. We'd have no basis on which to judge, like, what's everybody else experiencing? (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Although, you know, every now and then, you know, I do talk to somebody who I'm just like, wow, you are just like really happy. Mm. (laughs) Naturally, (laughs) you're not worried about anything. And people like that a lot of times seem to me, I perceive them to be, things tend to roll off of them more. There you go. You know what I mean? They have mm-hmm. a little bit of a thicker skin. Um, and so I think when you're someone who has a thinner skin, like we do, it's harder not to take things in. Over time, though, as you as a creative, <clears throat> and you continue to do it, um, you have to almost, you have to develop a thicker skin in a way. Because mm. people are going to say things, you're going to get reviews, and you have to 
not let it crush you and break you. You have to develop mm. a thicker skin. And that, you know, hopefully it doesn't make us callous, but um, you have to persevere. And it's sort of like um, coming to terms with a part of your ego, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the more you can be distanced from your ego in this process, the more purely you can make stuff. Yeah. But I also think it's kind of a balance of like remaining sensitive to the human experience, remaining sensitive to others, remaining sensitive to the world without being sensitive about who other people believe you to be or what they want to say about your artistry. You know what I mean? Let your sensitivity be focused outward instead of inward. When you come from a small town like Columbus, Georgia, mm-hmm. which Show and I have renamed Magnolia, Georgia, just to I love it. A little I love more it. More romance. We love her. Uh, so we, you know, I think when you come from a small town, all eyes are on you, and you sort of know that. Like you know, you can't run a stop sign, you know, without you know your grandmother <laughs> saying, "Yeah, you ran that stop sign." Uh, you know, anyway, so, but when you come from a small town, you, every, you're very self-conscious, I think. One is, at least I was growing mm. up, like, what's this going to reflect on the family if I do this or do that? Oh, right. Yes. There's way more of this reflection on the family system. Like, things are a lot more tightly yeah. tied up in that way. And there is more, I think, you know, the Southern way is to you know, be paying attention a lot about what's going on around you, which is a way Southerners show a lot of care. And I love that. But there is all this, also this hyper awareness of like, okay, people are looking at me. They might be judging me. If they think I don't look good, they might be worried about me. You know, something interesting about New York. And I feel this when I go from there to here, there is a change in like a molecular change in the air because in New York, no one's looking at you. Mm -hmm. You're just walking down the street. They don't care. Right. You're crying, they don't care. They're not yeah. worried about it. But there's also like a privacy you have in that. Mm-hmm. So, but sometimes I miss being somewhere and somebody just chatting me up. And then right. I come down here, and as soon as I step in the airport, I'm like, my God, I'm in the <laughs> South again. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's aware of one another's existence. And there's something really beautiful about that. Yeah. Although it can be difficult to navigate at times too. And as, as a creative, it makes, I mean, the phrase that I've I've said before on Art House is uh, from Robertson Davies. It's that your root feed your crown, which is Ooh. from yeah, it's from the Cornish trilogy. I'm not sure which one. I think Bread and the Bone. But anyway, he's a Canadian writer, um, Robertson Davies. But let your root feed your crown, as I understand it, is basically like let everything from where you're from, you know, mm. your roots, like being down, gathering up the nutrition and the dirt your DNA, mm. you know, and, and let it come through the like the trunk of the tree of yourself and your being and then be the thing that you show to the world, you know, your fruit, your flowering, you know, the creative process. Let your root feed your crown. Um, mm. And so I, I try to honor that in a way so that, you know, my art artistry is, in fact, you know, true to its source. Mm. You know, and that's a complex thing because, you know, once you've gone away from here, you know, you realize all the complexities of this place better for good and for bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but I still try to honor it and one way or another, at least acknowledging it as I create the work. So, um, I think that by genre, you know, I mean, I, 
both visually and musically you know we we sort of choose versions of genres but but mm-hmm. your your genre of music can you talk a little bit about that in terms of like um your influences and then where you you're starting taking off point from there because it's sure it is a genre but i mean i think I, when i looked it up it was like under folk or something like that was the category you could i mean yeah <laughs> but basically you you got a gal with a guitar people are going to call it folk right you right, know right. Um, and it is, I guess now what I say is like folk, indie rock, singer, songwriter, you know, there's a few different things going on. There's a few different layers. Um, but it's, it's, it's like calling like Kate Bush, like rock or something. And like, there's not a category really for what you're doing that I know of that's. Well, I take that as a compliment. So thank you. Um, I think I am trying to, to work in an expansive way and the more work I've made it feels more and more expansive and more difficult to kind of stick inside of a a genre or a box here um I mean yeah I'm definitely like I I grew up on a lot of like female singer-songwriter you know like indie gals from like the 2000s or so like feist was really big mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. that album the reminder was huge mm-hmm. you know cat power yep. um she was huge for me um joanna newsome mm-hmm. absolutely adore her like talk about somebody who is completely committed to her art- artistic integrity like she doesn't care yeah. you yeah. know she made something that was so completely perfectly her um, as I got a little bit old, oh, Sufjan Stevens was a big one, very tender, tender mm-hmm. queer folk boy, very much feel like I'm in, like in that arena. Um, Radiohead was a huge one though too, yeah. Grizzly Bear, a lot of these, um, indie rock ba- bands for, you know, lack of a better word, obviously Radiohead was like transcended genre in every way and remade music in a lot of ways, but, um, yeah, that, let's. You know, that's a good segue. I think it's a good time for you to introduce our next uh, little piece of music here. What do you What do you got for us? Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do Radiohead. You and whose army? Come on, come on, yes and drive me crazy. Come on, come on, you and you, you and your cronies, come on, come on, Oh, 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 oh. 
here with us this morning on the Art House, Art House Radio. Julianne, tell us a little bit about that. About Ruse? Yes, please. That was written from a a deep heartbreak place. <laughs> we played it after the Radiohead song because that, what I learned from Radiohead a lot was how effective it can be to kind of change the channel mm. sometimes, to go from one tonality to another or a time signature one to another. Um, and they they really reside in this like very dark place tonally that just influenced a lot of the way that I write. Like it just it works really well for me. Um, so yeah, Ruse was, I actually wrote that one in Columbus as well. That one I wrote in my mom's kitchen after Thanksgiving. I was feeling very um, heartbroken and bereft by this person who had kind of left me hanging. And um, I just, once I got that chord progression, I knew that I had something there. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a kind of growing complexity in the work, I feel, which is really reverberating beautifully. Thank you. I think, um, too, about writing, I think about um, Carson McCullough's would come back to Columbus and write, would get inspired and write, mm. and then take the work back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having my little McCullough's dream here. <laughs> yes, you are. So where are you living now? Now I live in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, been there for just crossed a year, actually. Um, which is incredible and ridiculous and just strange and lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great place. <laughs> yeah. Have you been? Yeah. 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 I love, love Brooklyn. We spent a lot of time in New York because we, you know, have uh, galleries there and stuff. And so go to see all the art shows and it's just a big part of our life, but just always passing through not living there. Right, right. You kind of hop in and out of the current, yeah, as it were. Stay in nice hotels and eat nice restaurants and then leave. Right, and then leave before the going gets rough. <laughs> yeah, before. Like if we were living there, we could never do that. <laughs> right. It is It is strange, yeah. The, the kind of daily life, the pace of life there, you, you kind of, you get really caught up in this. Like there's, I've, I've likened it to an anthill kind of, because you really can feel the collective consciousness there Mm, that's mm -hmm. my favorite thing about being there and so you feel this pulse of life everywhere you go you feel this rushing energy but sometimes that can be really overwhelming and overstimulating but also it can be incredibly inspiring and exciting and and a huge catalyst for growth is what it's been for me for sure yeah it's good to be in that moment of that zeitgeist when everything's you know going on and happening and you're around creatives, fellow creatives. Absolutely, yeah. I've met so many amazing creative people. Um, I, I lived in Pennsylvania for 30 years and, and I would just go to New York regularly, weekly probably, mm-hmm. uh, almost weekly. And then, But I lived in the suburbs of Philadelphia where you know we had a big yard and grass and a white picket fence. Oh and yeah, you had the best up. of both worlds. It was the best of yeah. both worlds for sure. And and now, I mean, as an artist, I feel like as an, an artist can live anywhere now, you know, with with the internet and with ability to share your work. Um, you know, it's not like the days when a visual artist had to live, you know, in New York and be in Soho all the time. I mean, right. Definitely, you can still be connected. Yeah, it definitely yeah. helps in terms of like knowing the people and knowing the people who can, you know, help your career or whatever to actually um, be there but it's changed too in that regard where you know people can everybody can know what you're doing regardless of where you live right right that is a cool element that's in that's been introduced with the internet like it's democratized a lot of things it's opened a lot of doors i agree you know and yeah i don't think you have to be in new york now i think it's a great place for certain kinds of art i think it's really great for writers especially right um But I I definitely see in my life doing kind of a back and forth thing of having my city time and having my country time and Mm -hmm. probably always wanting to bounce back and forth a little bit because, you know, I miss the yard. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) I miss being able to go out in nature. You know what New Yorkers call nature is going to the park. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I'm like, y'all don't know. That's not nature. That's not, you don't know where I'm from. I need to be able to go to the middle of a piece of land and know there's not another human around for like... 10 miles. Right, right. Just the the, the, the silence when you're yes, out. Yes, the deep silence. Yeah. yeah. Or the cacophony that is only other creatures that are human. <laughs> you know, I yeah. need to experience that every so often. So there will probably be, you know, some back and forth. Maybe do a little, little writer's retreat out in the country. Yeah. You know, every so often, once a year, and then have For my sure. city time. 
Well, I, Betsy and I, my wife, we like to migrate. So we migrate north and south. So we're, we're up in Maine all summer and then we're here all winter, except for when we're traveling in between, which is a lot. Um, but there's, there's something natural about the, to me, the rhythm of being able to sort of keep the days as long as you possibly can, you know, so going <laughs> definitely, north, you know, yeah, being with the seasons, so going with the seasons and keeping the temperature somewhat temperate, you know, birds do it. So I think, you know, why couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that it. sunset at 4.30 in New York. Now that... It's a lot. That starts to hit. I've started getting up around 7 or 8 to try to get the most yeah. sun time in, which has helped. Seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. Oh, it's very real. Yeah. I've had it for most of my life. Yeah. For sh- yeah. Even down here. I right. mean, I got to get out there and get my eyeballs at the sun yeah, for just, as much time as possible. Exactly. I was just reading yesterday where you're supposed to do it first thing in the morning put your eyes in the sun first thing and that's supposed to help your circadian rhythm like re recalibrate oh that makes sense yeah, yeah. well luckily for me i gotta get outside and walk somewhere yeah, <laughs> where whatever i'm doing true. i gotta go walk the first thing in the morning so that helps yeah yeah so um if you had something to say to uh young aspiring singer songwriters or to um our audience on art house like what what do, what, what would you like to um what do you want to tell? What, what what story would you like to tell? What would you like to share with us? Oh, goodness. Um, You're on the spot now. <laughs> I don't know. If, what, you know. One important thing do you have to say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much I'm in the position to give advice, but I definitely I think, you know, it's always good to experiment. Mm. Don't think, be process-oriented as much as you can. Try to invest yourself in the process of what you're doing and what that gives to you rather than where it's going to lead you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I'd known that when I was younger. I was really afraid to experiment in a lot of different mediums. It took me a long time to come into my artistry mu- musically because I was afraid yeah. of what that was going to look like and where it was going to take me and if I could do it. How do you get unafraid? Taking things just a little bit at a time. Mm. Just a little bit at a time. And then, you know, exposure therapy helps. Mm-hmm. You know, when I felt, when it, when being on stage felt insurmountable, you know, I would play Eddie's Attic open mic in Atlanta okay. almost every week for mm-hmm. probably six months to a year to where I really had my chops down, mm-hmm. where I knew I could play in front of people. And, you know, the first few times I played, I'm sure it was terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, I was mm-hmm. nervous. Yeah. I couldn't hardly play until, you know, you build the muscle up over time. Yeah. Um I, I noticed when you played at Sylvan that I thought you were a little nervous. And I don't mm. know if it was because you were with family or because you were with a hometown crowd. Or I thought, um, I thought how refreshing it was that you seemed a little nervous because, you know. <laughs> oh, how lovely. I was a little nervous. It's really funny because actually a smaller, more intimate crowd of people you know well is a hundred times mm. harder. Mm-hmm. Like playing a room of 300 people that I don't know is so much easier yeah, yeah, yeah. than playing to 50 people who all know me they know my family that's right <laughs> they know what my songs are about they'll, more know, or less. they'll know when you lie, <laughs> they <know when> I <laughs> lie. <laughs> yeah that was you know and the setting was very not a lot of room for error which i actually you know i made a couple of mistakes that felt good like i kind of just, just kept rolling through well, which it was felt gr- nice it was great because you were playing brand new a couple of brand new songs i think oh i was playing a lot of new material yeah. that's always hard too when the muscle memory is not as totally locked in it was so much fun to be there for that i'm so glad you were there yeah yeah, yeah it was excellent um so you know you're 
making your second album now or it's about to come out soon? Yeah, the the album has been made for almost two years. So here's an opportunity to look at being process oriented because I have like tried to put out a couple singles and then got in my head about it and then taken them back down and then gone through this process of iterating and reiterating the release so much that it's just been a, a wild journey for me. I've learned a lot. And now I'm just at the, this point where I'm already working on my next album, writing it. So I'm like, all right, we got to put this thing out there. Yeah. Um, and I love it. I'm really proud of the song still. Um, and I've learned a lot about the release process, which is an absolute wild world at this time. Oh, for sure. Of, of life yeah, at this time yeah. of living, at this time of internet. What's the title of this album? This album is called Eclipse. Eclipse, yes. Which actually was given to me by my mother oh. because I was explaining to her how I wrote this album exploring the nature of duality of a lot of things, duality of love you know, how it can bring out the the best, most tender parts of you and also the most terrible, wounded, even feral parts at times. Yeah. There's just a lot of contrast there. And I had kind of these two separate bodies of songs. And she said, why don't you do Eclipse? I love it. So I have a light mm-hmm. side of the album and I have a, a shadow side of the album. Wow. Um, most of which, most of the releases have been from the shadow side. Yeah, that's good. It's high concept. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she uh, she put a tidy bow on that concept, and we're <laughs> we're thankful for that. Well done. Well, I look forward to hearing both sides. Although I've, I've really been enjoying the pieces that you have released. Thank you. Yeah, I've done a few. I've done one from the light side, a few from the the shadow side, and I think I'm going to roll out the rest of the shadow side this spring, okay. coinciding with a tour. Okay. So I'll be a down around these parts around March. Around March. Great, great, great. And uh, so no. Uh, actual concert scheduled yet and yet oh everything is just about booked okay nothing nothing is quite yet announced right so y'all keep your ears to the ground if you wish to know keep your eyes open what's your uh what's the best way for someone to see something instagram or something else Oh yeah, Instagram is a great way to see what's going on and sign up for my email list, and is which that, there's a link on there. Is that Juliana Money? Is there a dash or dot in there? Or anything? It's Juliana dot Money. Juliana okay. with two ends. Two ends. Juliana dot Money. That's right. Excellent. All right, so everybody go there and check Juliana out and uh, keep an eye out for her upcoming concert schedule. Yes, tour schedule. Yep. We're coming to you, baby. (laughs) Okay, so those words of wisdom we were saving up, you had some words of wisdom you were going to dispense here for for the um, up-and-coming, just the young kids that are young and in high school and thinking about wanting to do what you do. What would you have to say to your younger self? Oh, to my younger self. Gosh, I would say don't worry so much about if other people think you're cool or not. Mm. Worry about if you're being kind to others and to yourself and don't worry about if you want to try and make some art what it's going to turn out like or if it's going to be good just worry about making it at first Mm -hmm. you know when you're young it's good to get into the process and start making things and then when you kind of get that in hand you can start to understand what you're making and what you really have to say and you know whatever is the hardest or the scariest thing to say is usually the thing that's most worth saying Mm, the scariest thing to say yeah, well, and not, and not to be not be scared saying it. Well, <laughs> maybe to say it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Not in the absence of fear, but despite fear. That's what real 
courage is, a, a wise man once said. Uh, I, 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 it's scary to push the envelope and do something beyond your comfort zone and outside of what your technical skills are. I mean, I, I think about that both musically and, you know, in the visual arts. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I, I have students, you know, that some students are, have a lot of skill or they've, you know, worked hard in sort of an atelier type setting to learn how to draw and paint and, and then like what to do with it, where to go with it. Right. And, and there's other people that are, um, you know, like, don't have much skill in the first place, but they're like, you know, driven and, um, you know, have something to share and getting their feelings down, you know, right. And like, and it's hard to de-skill once you've skilled. And I think, you know, art mm. schools encourage de-skilling, mm. but there's a kind of letting go. And there's a point where you want to just be having all the wheels are driving at once and you're just, um, roaring. And, um, you know, I, I think about that with what you're doing. You have, you have skills, but then you're like not being afraid to like let it go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. I think it's a lot of, you know, release for me, uh, you know, like we've talked about it, that's, that can involve some fear and I have to just let go of, you know, how anyone else might receive that because at the end of the day, whatever I most honestly am feeling and I'm sharing in, in the most, you know, honest, but also, you know, a rendering that honors the feeling, the complexity of the feeling, someone's going to resonate mm -hmm. with that. And that's the point. I want whatever I make to give people an opportunity to see themselves more clearly than they have before mm. and commune with themselves more deeply than they have before. Ken Wilbur said, uh, great art takes your breath away. Hmm. That can be a gut punch sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It can be. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wake up, y'all. Um, so let's let's um let's hear uh one of your pieces from your most recent. I, I would like to hear Tasty, which I, I watched the video for, which the video was excellent. Thank you. My brother Caleb Money directed that. It's it is scary. You did a fantastic it's job. It's a little scary. <laughs> it's supposed to be scary. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Go find that on YouTube. It's just Tasty with Juliana Money. Is that yep, the way? That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right, go look that up, y'all. And a Witch's Feast. Oh boy, it is scary. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's Let's hear Tasty.
guest Juliana Money. Um, thanks for being with us today on The Art House. We're so glad you were able to be here and share your music with us and your inspirations with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Bo. This was a blast. Total blast. Uh, we look forward to your album coming out, Eclipse. That's right. Yeah, you can look out for the singles coming this spring along with my tour. If you want to hear what I have going on, you can get me on Instagram at juliana.money and you can sign up for my email list from there as well if you want updates. Great, great. Well, thank you so much for being here. I love the music you're making. Uh, everyone, we all have a story to tell. Don't be afraid. Be fearless. Tell your story. The world will be a better place for it. We have but one life, so let's live it. And let's make this world a better place. We'll see you right back here next week on The Art House. I want to thank Shoe Arakawa and The Art House team, Juliana Wells. See you right back here next week. Love and light, y'all. These are added opportunities show. We're just giving you a little something to do. Give you a little This work is for to do. you. Yeah.